0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first chapter of Integrating Individuals, where we're focusing on epilepsy awareness. What better way to familiarize yourself with the condition than hearing it from someone who goes through it on a daily basis um, and lives with it? So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our first guest, Mohammed Al Qoda. Who is a senior student at the University of Guelph and my really good friend? I've known Muhammad for over five years, and even myself, I got to know about his condition really late into our friendship. So I respect that he can come here and talk about this topic with us. So, welcome, Muhammad.
1: Hi, Ikora. I just want to say that I'm very happy to be here. I want to thank you for having me on. Um, because, uh, this is for some reason in our society, it's very taboo and it, when it shouldn't be. And I want to spread, help spread more awareness about, um, people with epilepsy and what they have to go through.
0: Not a problem at all. So Mohammed, my first question for you would be what type of epilepsy do you live with since there's so many variances and how do you manage or treat your condition?
1: Um, well, the type of epilepsy I live with, um, I believe the medical term for it is called, uh, it's called focal epilepsy. And um, it, it's, so it's, it's a partial, it's a partial disorder. It's a complex partial seizure disorder. That's what it's also called. And um, basically what happens is when I do have a seizure, usually that um, the activity that causes the seizure um in my brain, it's only from a certain part of my brain. It's not the entire brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what like distinguishes it from other um, seizure disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of in terms of uh, treatment and uh, management, um in terms of treatment specifically, there's really nothing much that you can do other than um, or Depends. Like, if you're if you're talking about cure, then there is no specific cure other than to um c- completely like always have um med- medication. I have medication twice twice a day every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing that uh, for quite a while now. I believe also that I'm I'm really sorry that I didn't mention I've been suffering from epilepsy since I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've been having my medication um almost sometimes three times a day sometimes twice a day um ever since then every single day um so that's it's more of like a it's more of like a management technique i guess you could say um in that it 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 helps me avoid getting a seizure rather than uh, completely um, getting rid of the disorder itself and um, that seizure was uh it was pretty it was a pretty weird experience for me to be honest with you because um uh when it did happen, it was uh, I like I never experienced anything like it. I never, I never, like I never even knew that such a thing existed. And um, the first seizure that I ever had was it was completely like blanking out. I felt completely normal at the time when the seizure did occur, and then I just woke up in a in a hospital bed. Um, with like uh, like four or five people around me that like I knew, um, and I was completely freaked out and apparently I, I fell on my mom in my mom's lap when I had the seizure. It was a completely normal day. I was going around doing normal things. Um, and all of a sudden, I wake up in the hospital, but it's like it's kind of like um, like pressing pause and then and then somehow you move forward in life. And you just wake up uh like 20 minutes later
0: wow i can't imagine how that must feel like are most of your seizure experiences like your first one um do you have a feeling that attack is about to occur like an aura where you can prepare yourself for it
1: um, so the thing about my seizures is that they like they very there's variation in terms of um when i've had them and how I felt, felt right like right before I get the seizure. Um, so most of the times um, when I do get a seizure, I get it in my sleep. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be already sleeping at the time that I do get the seizure and I'll wake up um, in the middle of the night and I'll feel like a little bit beat up with a headache. And um, I'll, I'll know that I had a seizure because that's like a cut like this is, um, uh, so like the headache like almost like a migraine and sometimes i like hurt myself maybe i'll get a bruise or maybe i bite my lip a little too hard and it bleeds a little bit mm-hmm. so like if i if i have that pain in my lip i have that severe like almost migraine like headache um and i and i feel very nauseous when that happens it's like i, I just know in the back of my mind to say like, yeah i had a seizure and like my heart sort of sinks a little bit. Um, so that's 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 what how I know that I got a seizure when um, when it happens in my sleep. As as for um, the times when it doesn't happen in my sleep, it's usually when I'm doing like everyday normal things, like it could happen when I'm standing or when I'm sitting or whatever. And most of the times when it does happen when I'm awake, um, I will not feel it coming at all. It will just be like I say, it's just like all of a sudden you, unintentionally fast forwarded through uh, through a video or through a through a movie or something mm-hmm. um although sometimes it's like sort of like anomalies like recently i did have one seizure um where i f- i felt like sort of like my 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 body shutting down almost mm-hmm. and it's like when you wake up like uh, sorry if it's like when you get up too fast yeah, I don't know. You're probably familiar with that uh, sensation. It was it was similar to it, not exactly the same, but that's the best way I could describe it. And then, like I said, it's like you fast forward it again.
0: Most of the seizure experiences you've described have seemed to be when you're on your own. Have you had any seizures in public?
1: Um, no, I've I've had quite a few seizures. Uh, in out in public. So this, uh, this one of the uh, one of the anomalies that I mentioned in terms of like that feeling that shutting your body shutting down sensation that happened in front of my friends and in a, in front of a room full of people. And uh, yeah, it did happen. And it's happened on a bus uh, a few times. Um, and usually when it doesn't happen in front of people, um, people tend to panic. Uh, it's, it's really having a is one of those things like you can't really do anything about it. Right? It's not like oh like you just have a heart attack and then there's something that persists you know and it's not like oh I might I might like um pass away or die or get into an even worse uh situation just because I had a seizure which yeah. just like really everything goes back to normal right after with with exception to the headache everything is normal um so people people like they're not familiar with these situations so they tend to panic and they call 911 and all of that. And um, usually the paramedics show up.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was wondering. What the normal reaction you would get from bystanders because the Canadian Epilepsy Alliance um, does recommend as follows to anyone who's witnessing seizures. So the first would be to remain calm. The second would be to call 911 if the seizure does persist more than five minutes. And the third is to protect that individual from injury by moving sharp objects out of the way. I think the misunderstanding here is when people panic they tend to call nine one one even if the seizure was less than the allotted time
1: yeah uh, i guess yeah people it's, it's really a weird thing to witness like my mom tells me uh, my mom is like my primary caretaker i guess uh she's she's been looking after she's my guardian um i guess you could say guardian even though i'm an adult but um Uh, she's been she's been really handling everything um and she's uh she's told me that it's a very disturbing thing to 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 see happen in front of you so i don't really blame people it's just that it's a lack of awareness i guess and she's also told me or i've been told that my seizures usually last anywhere between two to three minutes it's never it's never gone on for that long Um, but yeah if if a seizure is lasting way too long then that's definitely um something that people uh should uh take notice of and definitely, like, um, call people that could actually help them out.
0: Aside from you mentioning the trauma someone might face who has never witnessed a seizure before, is there any other social challenges that you face, if any?
1: In terms of social challenges, uh, it's like, for example, going back to the the cases where um, a bad seizure is in uh, public. Um, usually when I do wake up from these seizures, uh, and there's like people around me that I don't know or people that I even do know, um, and I wake up and everybody's surrounding me and they and they have their, they're horrified, right? It's, uh, they wake up and like, I guess for them, from their perspective, like rightfully so, because like I said, it can be disturbing. Um, it just, I, f- I feel like, I feel like, um, I feel weird. Right. I feel like self-conscious. Yeah. It's like I'm like, you know, me, I guess I'm not the type of person that likes too much attention. Yeah. I'm more of a shy person. Mm-hmm. Um, any of my friends that know me would know that. Um, so then just for everybody to, lo- to be looking at you and like sort of like.
0: That's understandable. And attention is one thing, but when it's drawn to you, when you're completely out of control, um, in your body, that's a whole nother situation. Um, so is that why it took you a long time to kind of discuss this, talk about it? Even I got to know about it really late after knowing you.
1: Um, well, it's, it's, one, it's one of those things where, um, honestly, with you, occur specifically, um, probably like, so this is, this is how it is. So I don't like telling people about, I'm not a very open book type of guy. Um, and then especially when it comes to like stuff like this, where people might might, might um, see it to be like very intimate or whatever, intimate knowledge. Um, I, I'd rather like not tell people until like, I feel like, okay, like we're really close and this and that. Because yes, they might 100% they're gonna look at you uh, differently, um, especially if they barely know you. But if it's like a person that I've known for a long time, they already know me and this and that, they know how early I am and this and like, that it's okay. I, like in my opinion, it's like, it's not that serious because people start looking at you like you're like like seriously ill yeah. you know it's like it's like this guy's like seriously ill mm-hmm. and there's like uh, like a fragile like type of creature or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's it's like t- type of one of the one of those things I go handle with care yeah. you know it's like they immediately stick that label on you in their minds they won't say it mm-hmm. but I don't like to be perceived in such a in such a manner yeah. so it's one of those like honestly, I don't feel the need to tell them. Yeah, that's number one. And then the other thing is like, even if I even if I do want to tell them, um, it will just be a person who I really know. And like, they really know how I am. It's like, don't worry, I'm not weak. I'm not, I'm not like, i nothing's gonna happen to me if you like, give me a little push or you know,
0: yeah. uh, I'm
1: fine. You know, so
0: yeah, but I feel like there are times where even though you don't really know that person where you do have to explain yourself i think for example when we were talking about it this topic came up because um of ride shares and driving and picking up and you told me that you couldn't drive um so i guess that would be one of the reasons and can you explain to us why um driving is a problem for you
1: um okay so so i'm not allowed to drive technically under law. Sure. because um it's, it's considered like sort of a risk mm-hmm. um and i understand that it's a very understandable it's a it's a sensible um rule to have in place um and so basically the way it works is i'm supposed to be seizure free for six months um, straight and then i can get a doctor's note from my doctor and then i can go and apply to uh at, at service ontario um for a license yeah. so that's the rule i believe in ontario i'm not sure if it's all of canada mm-hmm. um and only then can i actually get my uh my g1 okay or, or anything of that sort mm-hmm. um so yeah that's how that's how it is with driving so i'm not i'm not allowed to drive but also it does um it, it creates some some uh barriers yeah. in terms of uh in terms of looking for a job sometimes because yeah. sometimes you'll see like job applications where it's like this creates two barriers recently so very uh more specifically so sometimes i'll apply for jobs and like they're very far off and i really can't let's say it's not a very well connected area okay. um so i can't really take transit there um so i have to drive if i'm gonna commute so sometimes it'll be too difficult and i can't it, it might be a good job they might want me but i can't it's like physically impossible yeah. And and the other one is sometimes like you'll um, so see in job descriptions that you're required to have like a license or a, a G yeah, um, yeah. in order to be able to uh, to take the job. It's like one of their requirements and obviously I don't meet that criteria so yeah. I can't apply in the first place.
0: Commuting must be an exhausting and stressful thing to do. Um, considering stress, is there anything that may trigger your seizures in particular?
1: Um, well <sighs> with my seizures there's no one uh particular trigger mm-hmm. um there is like hypothetical what my doctor told me there's a hypothetical of three uh three different uh, well like stress is one of them okay. but it's not the only one there's like lack of sleep is another one for example and then um if it's like a uh if it's like, for example, like you might be you might be aware of this, like people with epilepsy, sometimes they have like the, the photosensitivity. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like looking at my phone for a long time, and I'm in a dark room, yeah, so that can affect it as well.
0: Oh, right?
1: Doesn't necessarily mean that I will get it, yeah. but it'll increase the risk.
0: It just shows it's a very complex and variable condition. Is there any advice? anything you want to tell our listeners anything you want us to know
1: if you know a friend who has epilepsy or has any sort of seizure disorder yeah. um it doesn't necessarily make them any less healthy yeah right it doesn't affect their um cardiovascular like uh, system or like their the respiratory system or any of those like very vital like systems it's not like they have a, a disease even though technically well it's defined as a disease but it's not like something that would necessarily kill them yeah right not they're not fragile you can have an epilepsy and you could be a very strong person like yeah. in terms of physically yeah. or a very healthy person right um it doesn't like don't look at them as like fragile people mm-hmm. Right is they're they're pretty normal people um they just have uh look at it look of it as this is how I think of it um look at it as look at it as more of a an inconvenience of sorts mm-hmm. right look at it as like look at it like it's a barrier yeah um that's that's there in front of them um and I'd say that people with epilepsy um could be very mentally strong people yeah because it does stress you out like when i do get seizures and i realize that i had a seizure like sometimes i'll go like five months without a seizure and i'm like okay i'm almost there it's almost six months right i can i can finally i'm like this close to getting my 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 g1 right and then all of a sudden out of nowhere i get a seizure you know it's like i it's like i feel like somebody stabbed me in the heart but i get back up i'm like okay whatever six months from now it's gonna be all Um, it teaches you resilience in a in a way, mm-hmm. like just don't look at them as as weak people.
0: Wow, Mohamed, that is such an empowering perspective, and what great advice you gave. Um, if we all looked at our disabilities or our inconveniences that way, I don't think anyone in the world would be unhappy. I I love your approach to this, and that's something that. I will definitely remember when it comes to these inconveniences that we have in life. I think you having that perspective is wonderful, but I think we need to do some work on our end as well. So, us as society, us as Canadians, need to change our mindset about epilepsy and educate ourselves more, change our social systems so we can increase inclusiveness. So, for example, workplaces not having it necessarily mandatory for you to have your license and providing other accommodations.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially um given that um there's so many other like Canadians as a society have overcome like a lot of um like like they got they got rid of a lot of stereotypes surrounding like certain mental illnesses, uh, for example. That's like that's one example. And there's so many other diseases that they got rid of their stereotypes. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, but unfortunately, uh epilepsy is not one of those um diseases that gets um you know enough like light like sh- uh, sh- shined on it or sh- shun on it um but uh and it's more common than you'd think like a lot of people do have epilepsy and uh, i mean and like as a portion like when i first got it i was told that it's like more common than you'd think and i was and i'm still pretty aware that it's it is pretty common in terms of like you wouldn't imagine you wouldn't imagine like that's how many people have it. it's not like a rare thing right people people don't know about it like you know i'll talk to a lot of people and i'll tell them yo this is i have i have <laughs> epilepsy and like what's that and then i just have to explain to them it's like oh yeah it's this disease where um you know i get seizures and this and that and uh and it's like it's like whoa there's something like that that exists and i'm not gonna lie when i was 11 years old i mean i understand because i was like a kid I didn't I didn't even know that something like this existed. Like, I was like, what the hell is a seizure?
0: Mm-hmm. And stuff
1: like that. Um, yeah, but like, so I understand it, but it shouldn't have to be that way.
0: It really shouldn't be. And that's why we're coming together today and we're discussing it so we can see if we can change and move forward in the right direction, like you were saying. But Muhammad, thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you so much for coming on here and educating our listeners.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on here.
0: So that's the end of today's chapter of Integrate Individuals. Um, Today's episode has left me feeling much more knowledgeable after hearing about the reality of living with epilepsy. As we can see, even in the 21st century, the social attitudes have not changed as much as we hoped they would. Still creating barriers and making these individuals feel discouraged and dispirited to openly share their condition um it's not going to be easy but seeing how much resilience and how strong muhammad is we should learn from him and be as motivated as to create change so thank you for tuning in and this is ikra signing off